0: Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Good morning again, church. My name is Mark Stayhauer, and I'm one of the elders here at City of Refuge. Um, Honestly, I'm very humbled to be here and sharing with you the message this morning. Before we begin, let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your revelation uh, that you give about yourself through the Bible. We know, Lord, that you reveal yourself also through creation. Lord God, we thank you for seeing us through this week. There's been a lot of distractions, Lord, and that has taken a toll not only on uh, the physical aspects of our life, but the spiritual side as well. Lord God, we ask that you can help us this morning to Push aside those distractions to set them aside or to lay them in your lap. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. We pray, Lord, that whatever comes out of my mouth would be what you want people to hear, people to hear about you. Lord God, if there's anything that I say that is, is not exactly right, Lord God, we pray that people will have understanding and grace and that there will be follow-up conversations to correct that as needed. Lord God, overall, all, we thank you for your word. Please still our hearts and our minds and open us up to receiving what you would like us to hear today. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, church. So for the past few weeks, we have been hearing messages from the book of John. A couple weeks ago, Elijah preached to us about Uh, Jesus washing the feet of his disciples and the life of service that Jesus exemplified. And he challenged us about how can we be serving those around us today. And just last week, Darren preached. And when Darren preached, he told us about this new commandment that Jesus gave, and that was And in John chapter 14, what we see is this. We see Jesus comforting his disciples. Before we jump into the chapter, though, I want to give you a little bit of context so we can understand what's going on here. You see, at this point, Jesus had been in ministry for approximately three years. And during that time, his disciples had been following him for those three years, and they had left practically everything behind, because that's what you do when you follow a Jewish rabbi. Of course, in his ministry, there were ups and downs, both for Jesus and his disciples, likely. And that's pretty good to say for a rabbi who didn't maybe fit or who didn't follow the traditional concept of what a Jewish rabbi should be. Things seemed to be going well or at least okay. But then recently, things started to change. Those teachers of the law that always followed Jesus around and tried to ask him hard questions, now well, now they were asking even more. And they were a little bit more aggressive about it. And it seemed like they had something up their sleeve, like they were plotting to do something. And just earlier in the week, Jesus had come into Jerus- Jerusalem riding on a donkey. It was a triumphal entry, and people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Everybody seemed to love Jesus. But then you just shared, Jesus just shared with his disciples a Passover meal that was very intimate where he washed their feet. And then he talked about people were going to betray him. People were going to disown him and deny him. Jesus even started to predict that he's probably going to die in the near future and he's going to go away. If you're a disciple of Jesus at this point, I think alarm bells should be going off in your head. This person that you've been following for three years, well, now he's going away and it's going to be soon. You're not, you're not ready for that. I think the disciples at this time probably had every reason to be deeply troubled and deeply disturbed. So let's turn to John chapter 14 and let's see how Jesus responds to his disciples and how he comforts them. Please turn with me to John chapter 14, verses one to 14. And this is Jesus talking. He says, my disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. My father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you may be where I am also. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then one of the disciples came to Jesus, Thomas, And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would know, you would have known my Father also, from now on, you do not, you do know him, and you have seen him. And then Philip came, and he said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us to believe you. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me Will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Church, can you imagine this setting? Jesus comforting a group of very troubled, of very disturbed disciples. And they had every reason to believe so. Remember, this person that they had been following for three years, that they had given their life to for that period of time, now he's saying, all of a sudden, I'm not going to be around anymore. I am going away. No wonder the disciples probably didn't know what to believe. No wonder they probably felt a little bit confused. No wonder they probably felt a little bit lost. I mean, what are they going to do? How do they carry on now that Jesus is going to be gone soon? And likely, probably after three years of following Jesus and then hearing this news on top of that, they probably just felt exhausted. Well, I want to tell you a story, and it's an imaginary story, but I want to tell you this story so that hopefully we can further identify with those feelings that the disciples were feeling at that time, because it's these feelings that Jesus addressed in John chapter 14. So I'm going to tell you this story, and then we're going to look at John chapter 14, and we're going to see how Jesus responds and how he does truly comfort his disciples. So kids, if you're out there, put on your imaginary hats because we are going to a place that I want to call the jungle. You see, you and a bunch of your friends won a trip to explore the jungle or the wilderness for a long period of time. In fact, this is your dream vacation. It's going to be a backpacking trip. You're going to live and you're going to sleep outdoors. Again, this is your dream vacation. And this trip is all inclusive. In fact, a travel company, they're gonna fly you down, they're gonna fit you out with gear, and they're gonna send you on your way along a trail with a map so that you know where to go. At first, you take off with your friends and everything seems like it's going well. You're making great time, you're seeing cool things. In fact, hey, look over there, that's that bird that you always wanted to see. And then you decide, well, things are going so well. I can find my way along this trail because it's marked really well. I don't need all this stuff. And so you maybe get rid of your sleeping bag because the nights are warm. You get rid of your tent because it's not going to rain. You get rid of that bug spray because there haven't been mosquitoes so far. You shed all this stuff you don't think is necessary. And you keep going on your trip. But then things start to change. It seems like you took a wrong turn at some point, and now you're lost. There's no longer those trail markers. In fact, you're so lost now at this point that there is no way that you can find your way back. Remember that map that you had? Well, when you ate that last peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you used it as your napkin. You don't have that anymore either. Well, thankfully, When you got this trip, the travel company said, well, if we don't hear from you, we're going to send someone out to find you. And so this company sends a wilderness expert to go find you and bring you back. And let's just say, just for fun, let's say this expert wilderness survival guide's name is Lionel, because I know Lionel in our church is pretty good at that sort of stuff. So after a few days of searching for you, Lionel, the wilderness expert guide, he comes and he finds you. And you're saved. He's found you, at least for now. And then Lionel shares his supplies with you and his food, and he starts to help you find your way back to civilization. And as you're going back with him, he starts to teach you along the way, and he shows you how to watch for signs of the trail, how to build a shelter out of what's around you, what plants you can and cannot eat, how to cook over an open fire, and how to keep away those nasty mosquitoes that are now present. Well, things are going okay as Lionel is showing you these things and as this wilderness survival guide is bringing you back. But then all of a sudden, things change. Your supplies start running low again. The jungle starts getting darker. It starts getting colder at night. There's strange sounds coming from out there. And maybe it's even starting to rain a little. In fact, Lionel now starts talking about going back or going ahead and getting more supplies and help for you. And you're not so sure how you feel about this because that means you're going to be left all on your own again. And you're so troubled about this that you decide that you need to go talk with him. So you go to talk with Lionel, the wilderness survival expert guide. You say, Lionel, I'm troubled. We're running out of food. It's getting dark. It's starting to rain. What are we supposed to do? We're still in the middle of the jungle. We're still lost and we're without food. And Lionel looks at you and he says, well, hey, you you know what, Mark? I'm troubled too because this isn't the way that things were supposed to go. You weren't supposed to get lost, but I am so glad that I found you. Listen, at this point, ground yourself in me because I am gonna help us get out of here. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna get supplies and food and I'm gonna send help back. Listen, things look bleak, but you know what? I wouldn't leave unless I had to. I'm gonna come back for you. You hear what Lionel, the wilderness guide, is telling you, but you say, Lionel, I'm lost. You want me to keep going back after you leave, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to go. I, I used my map as a napkin. It's gone. And Lionel looks at, Lionel looks at you and he says, Mark, it's going to be okay. You know the way. In fact, let me draw you another map. And maybe it's not going to have all the detail that you want on it but it's going to help you as you continue heading back to civilization. And remember everything that I've taught you as well, how to identify signs of a trail, how to know which plants you can and cannot eat, how to make shelter. You're not lost. You know the way. You hear these things, but you still have questions. And so you say, Lionel, Mr. Wilderness, Wilderness expert survival guide. That's great, but you know what? I'm still confused. How do I know the map that you're drawing is correct? How can I believe you? How can I trust you? I mean, you're supposed to be our guide and now you're leaving us. This doesn't make sense. Why would somebody sent to rescue people go away? Lionel looks at you and he says, Mark, you can trust me. I found you. The people who gave you supplies said that I would come in the best wilderness survival guide that's out there around. And in fact, look at my shirt. See here, I have a badge. And this badge is for my company. And my company is the best around at finding people who are lost and bringing them back. This is what they do. And if that isn't enough to convince you, remember what I've done so far for you. I've brought you supplies. I've helped teach you how to find your way back to the trail. I've helped show you how to survive in the wilderness. My actions already should hopefully show you and demonstrate that you can trust me. You realize that Lionel, the wilderness expert survival guide, has a point. But... The fact is, you've been out here for so long already. You're just exhausted, and you don't know how to go on. So you say, Lionel, I'm exhausted. I can't go on. And Lionel, the wilderness survival expert guide, looks at you and he says, Mark, I understand, and you know what, I feel that way too. It's been a long trip, and things are gonna get more difficult before they get better. But here, I've, I've saved in my pack, I've saved in my pack a secret stash of Snickers bars for you. And they're gonna help you for a while. And remember that you've been trained by the best in the past couple days. And you know what? Our relationship that we've had over these past few days, it's taught you how to survive. If you and your friends work together doing what I taught you to do. You can survive, and maybe you'll even find other people who are lost, and you can teach them how to survive and how to bring them back too. And remember, I'm gonna come back for you. I know you're tired, but once I'm back, I'm gonna send someone, or once I go away, I'm gonna send somebody right away to come back to you with supplies and to help leading you and help lead you out of this jungle. You're still pretty troubled. In Lionel, the wilderness survival expert guide says he'll spend one more night with you, but then in the morning, he needs to take off. All right, church, enough of the jungle. Let's get out of there. Let's get back. Let's get back to civilization. Let's get back to John 14, where we heard about Jesus comforting the disciples. Well, hopefully this story about the jungle helped enable you to better experience perhaps some of the feelings that the disciples were feeling at that time. Likely, they were running rampant with doubt, confusion, feeling lost, and just feeling exhausted. I can only imagine myself in that sort of situation, and it's at that point that you are coming to terms with this person that you've been following for so long, and you need to decide what you truly believe. Let's now look at Jesus' response to his disciples when they start asking him about these questions, or maybe they don't even ask, but Jesus knows that they're there and he addresses them. So whether or not the disciples shared these troubles out loud or not, Jesus speaks words to comfort them. So the disciples, maybe they say Jesus were troubled, and the first thing that Jesus says is, he says, believe in me. John chapter 14, it says that Jesus said, do not let your, let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. It's like Jesus is saying, let me offer you comfort. I know at this time, there's not much capacity for you to hear more than this. There's a lot going on in your mind. Let me tell you these simple words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Ground yourself in me. You believe in God. Believe also in me. God promised you a Messiah and I am he. And even though I'm going away, I promise I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring you home with me. Because you know what? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish But have everlasting life. So the disciples probably looked at themselves and they thought, okay, well, maybe maybe we can believe in Jesus. But but Jesus, we're lost. We don't know where we're going. It's like like we're lost in the middle of a jungle. How are we going to know what to do and where to go? And Jesus responds and he says, I am the way. All this time, since the very beginning, since Adam and Eve, you have been trying to restore a relationship with God, a relationship that was broken. You've been, it's like you've been wandering around in a jungle and you've been trying to find your way back home. You've tried following other nations. You've tried chasing after other gods. There's, you've offered sacrifices and offerings. You've tried to follow laws and commandments. And some of these didn't work at all, and some of these had their place in time. But even with the sacrifices, day after day, a priest would stand and perform his religious duties. And again and again, he would offer that sacrifice, but it could never take away those sins, and it could never restore that relationship with God that you were looking for. But now, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way to the Father, and by my sacrifice, I will make perfect forever those who, are being, those who are being made holy. I may not be what you expected me to be as a Messiah, but I don't have to line up with your expectations. A life of service and suffering and death probably does not seem like a befitting way to get to God or the way that a God would go through to save his people. But trust me, this is the way. It doesn't have to meet your expectations. And remember what I taught you when I was teaching the other people as well. I said, I am the gate through which you will find green pastures. I am the mediator through which you are going to have a right relationship and access restored again to God. And I am the way. I'm the model through which you will know how to live. Remember what I taught you about the greatest commandment when asked about it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. This this is how you should live. You are not lost the disciples probably heard these words or maybe they were remembering what Jesus had taught them, but I think they were probably still confused. And so maybe they said, but Jesus we're still confused or Jesus picked up on this. And so Jesus responds, I'm not only the way I am the truth. You may be confused, but don't let this stop you from believing in me. And you know what? It's not just me saying these things. I'm credible, there's truth to what I'm saying here. Do you remember the prophets of your people, the Israelites? I am the fulfillment of what they spoke about. Remember when I was in the temple and I was given the scroll from Isaiah and I read it and it said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I am out here looking for lost people, just like God was. And remember the triumphal entry just a few days ago? Well, Zachariah predicted that, and he prophesied about that. He said, rejoice, daughter of Zion. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, riding on a donkey. The prophets have spoken about me, And if you don't believe the prophets, then maybe believe in God himself because God is my witness as well. Do you remember my baptism when I was standing in the Jordan River with John the Baptist? And he baptized me and a dove came from heaven and a voice spoke and said, this is my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And remember the transfiguration when Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with me? And then we were surrounded by a cloud of light. And there was Moses and Elijah. And again, a voice said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. And do you remember just just a little while ago when I was predicting and talking about my death and my sacrifice? And I said, God, glorify your name. And a voice again from heaven said, I have glorified it and I will do it again. If anything, disciples believe in the witness of God. And if you don't believe in the prophets or maybe God, well, I mean, just believe in the miracles that you have seen yourselves. Believe in my character, what I've done while I have been with you. I've turned water into wine. I've raised the the dead to life. The lame now walk, the blind now see. I have grieved over sin and brokenness just like the God of your forefathers did. I have loved for people. I have loved and cared for people just like the God of your forefathers did. I desire to do the will of my Father, who is that God of your forefathers and your God right now. There's no reason for you to doubt. There's the witness of the prophets, the witness of God, the witness of my actions. You have no reason to be confused about me. I'm either a liar, a lunatic, or your Lord. In fact, you wanted to see God. Well, you've already seen him because that's me. And you wanted a relationship with God. And you already have one because you have a relationship with me. I expect the disciples, I don't know if they thought those things, and I don't know that Jesus said that, but... Um, you know, at this time, they're still probably exhausted, and, and, and they don't know what's happening next. And so they say, Jesus, we're exhausted, or maybe they just look that way. And so Jesus not only says he's the way and he's the truth, but he says, I am the life. Listen, my disciples, I know that you're tired, and I am tired, too. These three years of ministry have been hard, but let me give you strength to carry on. Let me let my life and my sacrifice sustain you. It's like, you know, you're, you were lost in the jungle without food, but here I am. I am bringing you supplies, and I'm going to sustain you until you get out of that jungle. Remember when I fed the 4,000 and the 5,000, and there were just a few loaves of bread and a fish, and how I multiplied them to become many? Well, I am the bread of life. I'm not like the manna that your forefathers ate when they were in the desert that was there for one day and gone the next. I am the bread of life and will continually sustain you. And remember when I was with that Samaritan woman at the well and she was looking for water and I told her, I am the living water. Whoever drinks this water from the well will be thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you will never be thirsty, thirsty again. In fact, that water will start to well up in you like a spring of eternal life. And disciples, do you remember that Passover meal that we just shared? When I said this, when I took the bread and I said, this is my body broken for you, take, eat in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me, my disciples, I will provide you nourishment. I will sustain your spirit during this time. And I will sustain all believers after you. Do you remember my interaction with Nicodemus when I told you that I will bring you new life? You will be born again into a new spirit. Do you remember when I just alluded to the grain of wheat just in chapter 13 a little while ago in chapter John? And unless that grain of wheat dies, there's no way for it to produce a crop with Many, many fold of results. That seed's going to die, but it produces a new crop. My life, my sacrifice, I'm going to die, but I am going to bring new life to many. And my disciples, when you believe in me, you are born again. When you believe in me and you have a relationship with me, you are saved from that moment on. You wanted to know God and you wanted to have a relationship with him. Well, you know me, and you have a relationship with me. And so from right now on, you are saved, and I will sustain you. I don't know if the disciples were thinking all those things when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I can guarantee you that Jesus didn't say all the stuff that I I shared there. But I would expect that over time, they may have begun to recall some of those times and those memories with Jesus. And likely after Jesus's crucifixion and his resurrection, they probably would come to understand and comprehend what Jesus meant more fully when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But at that time, those words were probably all that the disciples had the capacity to hear because they were human. It's like when you're in the jungle and somebody comes to rescue you and there's a long ways to go and many things to do before you get back. Well, maybe they don't come and they give you, you know, word for word what the plan is going to be. They don't tell you all the details. But what they do do is they tell you, listen, I'm here you're going to be okay. I've come to rescue you. We're going to get you out of here. Jesus tried to bring his disciples comfort at a very troubled time in their lives. So church, where are, where are you right now? In fact, where are we as a church? Do we maybe feel a little troubled, lost, confused, exhausted, Maybe we feel like we're wandering around or we're lost a little bit in a jungle. I know that this week has been a long week for many, and we're actually not quite through with it. In fact, the past one and a half years has been a long time for our church as well, as we've experienced change and transition and due to the world events going on around us. Likely many of us have been troubled at some point. Likely, we've probably been confused about what's going on, and perhaps we've been lost about what is the direction. What are we supposed to be doing? Where do we go? Or maybe we've just felt tired and exhausted from trying to serve, or feeling like there's just so much to do, we don't even know where to start. Maybe you feel like you've been affected personally over the first or over the past one and a half years, and your faith has been challenged and your, your, your confident faith in God that you want, once had has now been shaken, and you're wondering how God can even begin to work through all these things that have happened. Well, church, I think it's really important that we remember we have someone to bring these troubles to, someone we can ask these questions about. In fact, we have someone who identifies us in our trouble and who desires us, desires to comfort us. And that person is Jesus Christ, And we saw him doing this very same thing in John chapter 14, where he saw his troubled and disturbed disciples and he sought to comfort them. And he even did this while he was likely very troubled and disturbed himself. Because remember, he was just a few days away from suffering and going to the cross to sacrifice himself for them and for many. Church, where are we grounding ourselves? Is it in the things or the people that we have around us that can change? Or do we ground ourselves in our abilities while we still have them? Who are we trusting? Do we believe that God will will do what he says he's going to do? Where do we go in search for our truth? How are we supporting each other during these challenging times? Are we living out the new commandment? of love, in the life of service that Jesus demonstrated and taught us and gave us? Are we seeking the guidance that Jesus and his Holy Spirit can bring, trusting that Jesus will shepherd us, that he will shepherd his church in the midst of a troubling season and in the midst of change? And are we looking to Jesus for new life and for strength, knowing that he will meet all of our needs and that through a relationship within, with him, we have a relationship with God and we have eternal life. Because you know what, church, once we know Jesus, we're saved. It's just like once we were in the jungle and we were lost and we were wandering around, once Lionel, once that expert wilderness survival guide, once they found us, we were saved from that moment forward, without a doubt. So even though we may be continuing to find our way out of the jungle, working our way back. Jesus, that wilderness survival guide, has taught us how to live, where to go, how to sustain us, where to look for the truth. Church, Jesus asks us to do this together, and he asks us to believe in him. And when we do this we're not just troubled, but we're comforted. We're not just lost, we're found. We're not just confused, but we can be sure. And we're not just exhausted or left for dead, but we're given new life through Him. Church, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for being the ultimate rescue. Better than anything we could have ever hoped for. We thank you, Lord, that you recognize when we're in trouble, even though we may not say it or we may not even want to admit the fact. Lord God, you seek us out, you pursue us. Lord God, you teach us how we should live. You tell us that once we have a relationship with you, a relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, that we're saved. From that moment forward, we have eternal life. And that even though Jesus has gone to heaven to prepare a place for us, he has sent his Holy Spirit to sustain us. Lord God, see us through as, this journey, as we continue on this journey through the jungle. Lord God, we thank you for being our ultimate rescue. We pray this in your name, amen.